Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today is a rising star on the independent pro wrestling circuit. He is called astonishing by himself and fans alike. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce astonishing, awesome Molly Tallow. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. um, I saw you a few months back in Springfield, Missouri, and you were wrestling, I believe it was uh, Colton Vaughn, Must See TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I it's just, wrestling. yes, I just, I'll be honest with you, I absolutely, it was one of my favorite matches of the night. And I'll be Thank honest, you. I didn't know who you, I didn't know who you were before, but I, but I said, <laughs> and this is the truth, I said, this kid's got something. This kid's got something. You had the the walk, the charisma, the ability in the ring, and uh, so I applaud you for that. And uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you on here. So, all right, my friend, we're going to start off a little bit. Uh, you're you're from Missouri. Uh, so I'm originally from New Zealand. I was born there, and then okay. Uh, I moved in California for a couple of years, but I've lived in Missouri most of the time. Okay. Okay. So tell us about uh, where you grew up, how you grew up, uh, any schooling you've done besides high school, things like that. And we'll get involved in the wrestling thing. Okay. Yeah. So I was born in Auckland, New Zealand. Um, I lived there for a couple of years until I was about four. And then after that, my mom and I moved back to the States. Um, oh, geez. Uh, we lived in California for not too long, uh, maybe like a year or so. And then we moved down to Missouri. I used to live in Falcon, Missouri with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. And then probably about 2007-ish, I was in like second grade. Um, we moved to Lebanon, Missouri, and I've lived here since. Um, okay. I went to Lebanon High School. Um <laughs> I had, a, I had quite eventful uh, high school years. Um, yeah. And then as far as schooling goes, um, I've got a little bit of college underneath me. Um, yeah. As I was kind of – college was kind of a weird thing for me because, mm-hmm. um, like, I graduated the year right before COVID. So uh, okay. me and all of my friends, you know, we started our first year of college, and uh, then the world shut down, and – things got a little weird for a little bit. And um, I kind of, I don't want to say I lost my passion for college, but in the end game of what I wanted to do, uh, college wasn't necessarily like something that was on my bucket list. Yeah. I do plan on going to college. I do plan on it. But, you know, being a wrestler first and foremost was everything I wanted to do. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be on. I I didn't go to college till I was in my thirties, so I, I turned out okay. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, for me, like the biggest thing is that, yeah. uh, like, I don't I don't have anybody that pays for my college. Uh, the right. military pays for it, so yeah. I mean that's a cool thing and all. But you know, all my friends right now that you know their parents pay for their college or mm-hmm. they've got student loans or. Any scholarships, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. They're kind of just going to college because, you know, it's it's the mold, right? You know, everybody's supposed to go to college. If you yeah. don't go to college, you're not successful. And yeah. um, I kind of argued with that a lot because, you know, like, I, I think college is a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, in my life, um, college is kind of like a, a backup plan for me, right? You know, it's something to fall back on. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, all I've ever wanted to be is a professional wrestler. 
So, yeah, and let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So, I did a little research on you. Okay. You you did the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. Yep. And let me tell you, uh, I've followed Harley's uh, Academy while he was still alive, and after his passing, you know, his son is kind of taking over the realms of that, uh, Leland. Yep. What was that like for you, going to that place up there? Did you go to the one in Troy? Uh, correct, yes. Okay, so tell us about your experience at the Harley Race Wrestling Academy. I'm sure it was a, quite an experience. Yeah, so um, just kind of going back off what I said about the college thing, um, mm-hmm. in 2020, uh, I was trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do because I've always wanted to be a professional wrestler, but I always had the thought in the back of my head, it's like, can I really be a wrestler? Can I really do this? And I got the thinking and then um, bam, I go on Facebook and I look in my ads or whatever, which I think Facebook watches things. I don't, I don't know. It's a little weird, but um, <laughs> it's a little weird, but I see an ad for the Harley race wrestling Academy uh, classes start in July, 2020. So I was like, hmm, okay. So I actually, um, I reached out because they were doing a training camp, like a two-day camp or whatever. Um, I I don't know if it was a training camp or like a tryout because um, at the Harley Race Academy, uh, like you have to pass a tryout. So it's pretty much just a bunch of conditioning drills, uh, a few bump drills and stuff like that. And they don't expect anybody to know what they're doing, but uh, the train at our school you know, you have to, you have to be um, committed. You know, you have mm-hmm. to have that passion. You've got to be desirable to train. So that's kind of what it is. Um, however, COVID kind of canceled that. So I didn't end up going, um, but I ended up catching one of the last shows before they kind of went into uh, their shutdown or whatever up there mm-hmm. and whatever counties uh, Troy, Missouri is in. And mm-hmm. man, I was hooked. I saw yeah. guys like Superstar Steve, I saw yeah. Leland, I saw Derek Stone, Moses, CTV, Sean Patrick, uh, Stefan Newton. I saw a bunch of guys, and I was like, yeah. wow, like, this is legit. Because I've been to a couple um, independent shows before this when I was like 16, 17 years old, and mm-hmm. it was pretty cool, but um, they didn't really, like, they didn't make me believe in the wrestling, if that made sense. Yeah. Um, you, no, you just saw a bunch of, like, flips and just, like, leg slapping and just all kinds of stuff. And it wasn't – it just wasn't believable to me. Yeah. Um, but the funny thing about all this is that probably when I was, like, 11 years old, um, the Harley Race School used to be in Eldon, Missouri, which is, yep. like, an hour from where I live. Cause I live in Lebanon and – you take uh, North 5 up to Camdenton and then throw Stitch Beach to Elvin. So it was really close. So yeah. uh, growing up, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, I could see myself going there. Cool. And then um, I was very disappointed when I looked more into the Harley Race School that I found out that it's uh, like two hours and 45 minutes just one way from where I live. So I was like, man, that sucks. Yeah. But – at the same time, um, at that point in my life, I was like, and I'm, I'm always this way with things. Um, I don't really like to, you know, half weigh things. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to go into it. Right. Yeah. So, um, after that show, I got a hold of, uh, Leland, Harley's son. And I was like, Hey, um, I want to do this. I will do whatever it takes. I want to train here. So I started training, um, I think July 20th of 2020. And, um, man, I'll tell you what, my first three months was, it was rough. Um, cause I was doing things that my body has never been through before. I was taking, like, I think the first three months, uh, we didn't really learn anything. We just learned how to take bumps. It was mm-hmm. bumps after bumps after bumps. And then, um, <laughs> 
Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, you know, I'm driving back and forth uh, all the way up to Troy and back every night. Oh, wow. Uh, still working. So um, I kind of had a little circuit, if that made sense. So I would get off of work at, like, 1, and then I would drive all the way up to Troy. I'd get there around, like, 4 o'clock. I would train for the three hours, and then we'd get done at 8. I'd drive all the way back to Camdenton because that's where I went to the gym at. So by the time I got there, it was probably like mm, like 10, 10.30. I would work mm-hmm. out for an hour, and then I'd drive about 30 minutes home, and then, you know, same thing over and over again. Wow. Uh, but, I mean, like, when I first started, uh, you know, I, I was determined, very determined, because um, there was a lot of guys on the roster, especially just around the wrestling scene. And I'm, I'm very grateful for how I kind of came up in wrestling because, like, a lot of wrestlers, uh, not calling out any schools or anything, but uh, their students will train for three or four months, and then they start wrestling on shows, they start having matches, and all that kind of stuff. However, I had about a year and a half, almost two years, to where uh, I wasn't on shows wrestling. I was training, and, you know, I was at other shows. I was watching. I was being a young lion. I was helping people get in the ring, grab their stuff, concessions, whatever it was. Like, I was Mm -hmm. doing it. However, when I was doing those things, um, I was watching, and I got to watch a lot of things. I got to watch, you know, kind of what mistakes not to make, you know, how to work as a heel, you know, how to work as a baby face. And along the way, uh, I had a lot of ideas and, you know, just way to make things my own, but, yeah. um, but yeah, so I trained at the Harley race Academy. Um, there was a couple breaks in between, uh, when we were wrestling or training, my bad, because of COVID, <laughs> COVID, uh, COVID would stop a lot of times. And then, um, I was gone for a little bit because I had to go do some uh, pre-deployment training for the Army. So, yeah. all together, um, yeah, it, it took me a while to be able to get to the point where uh, I was going to have my first match. But, like I said, I'm very grateful of the journey I had because, you know, it was very frustrating, especially mm-hmm. seeing people that not only that I trained with, that, you know, we started together, and they started wrestling before me. But having people that uh, started way after me start wrestling on shows before me, so uh, yeah, I was a little bitter. I'll admit it, I was a little bitter. But uh, I believe everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I always tell myself, you know, uh, when it's my time, I'm gonna shine. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, they give me one opportunity, I'm gonna knock it out of the park. Yeah. Now, and I know you're a, a soldier in the Army. Uh, thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you. And, thank you. Uh, and uh, are you a guardsman? Are you in active duty, or were you, or how is that? So I've been National Guard my whole career. However, okay. uh, I'm active duty National Guard, so I'm AGR. Okay, AGR, yep. AGR, it's uh, the secret sauce to the Army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, I've been in since, uh, 2017 okay. and I'm actually getting up, uh, in November is the end of my first contract. So okay. I'm still in a little period where I don't know if I'm going to reenlist or not. Um, okay. but odds are, I think I might cause it's, yeah. it's a, it's an awesome, it's an awesome thing for me, especially. Um, and the cool part is, is that I've been active duty pretty much, um, my whole contract except for like maybe six ish months because Um, I was in high school, but yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Good for you. That's, that's great. I understand. I I was in the army. Uh, Yeah, I did it for a long time. Longer than you've been alive. I was in there for 26 years. So uh, I loved it. I enjoyed it. Yep. Yep. So I was an officer. I I was both. Oh, okay. I did half my time. uh, The first half I was enlisted. 
uh, drill started all that, you name it. Oh, did wow. it. And then I switched over, uh, to officer. I retired eight years ago now as a captain, but I give kudos to you because it's, it's, it's a demanding, it can be demanding and, and, uh, at times. So kudos to you, but how is that with your wrestling? Um, do they, Brown on it? Do they say anything? Do they just say, oh, you know, just don't get hurt? Or how's that work so, out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, and I'm glad you're in the army because you you could probably understand it a little bit more. Because uh, mm-hmm. everybody that's not in the army or has any military experience, they ask me these questions all the time, and I try to explain it to them, but it doesn't really make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so. I was in recruiting for about, oh, about, let's say, like four years, I think. Okay. So, in recruiting for a hot, so for a good part of my recruiting time, uh, I wasn't, like, actually wrestling. You know, I was just going to the shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on the days that I had training, I would usually go in earlier. And then um, on my way to training, I would work. So, I would call people ask them if they wanted to join the National Guard, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And it was also convenient, too, because uh, for MEPS, our MEPS trips are in St. Louis, right? Okay. So when I'd go up to St. Louis, I'd drop off an applicant, and then I would just drive 45 minutes to Troy. And then okay. I would either stay up in a hotel the next day to go pick them up, or I would sometimes just go back home and then leave at, like, 8 o'clock sure. in the morning to head back yeah. up there. So, I had a long nights with that. But uh, yeah. when I did start recruiting, uh, or not recruiting, but uh, wrestling, uh, yeah. it was a little, it was a little touchy. Um, yeah. A, a bunch of my uh, my higher up NCOs, like mm-hmm. uh, team leader and uh, NCICs, they were kind of like, yeah, they're like, yeah, good job, heck yeah. But when they started realizing that, oh hey, yeah, he's wrestling out of state. You know, he's going to have to put in some leave. So, um, oh, geez. yeah, I was, uh, I was burning my leave and it was, it was very sad. Um, cause I had like 40 something days of leave built up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, but with my uh, job now, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier. So I'm a liaison at Fort Leonard Wood. So pretty oh, much okay. I I advise uh, all the basic training. So I'm the liaison for all the basic training battalions and companies in uh, uh, Fort Leonard. So I pretty much yeah. deal with drill sergeants, commanders. Yes. Pilots, I know of. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, just FYI, I was a drill sergeant there 20 years ago. Just FYI. So it's been a while. <laughs> You know, yeah. I was there in 2002 to 2005. You were just a little kid, probably. Yep. You weren't even you weren't even alive, probably, or just born. No, I, was born in, I was born in 2000, so I mean, I was okay. I was okay, <laughs> but yeah, so I understand. Oh, I mean, it's good. I, I kind of like this because then you know, people listening to this kind of get a different perspective of you. You're just not some wrestler who went from high school. I mean, you're doing some things with your life, so good for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool because um, with my, I mean, not to brag, but yeah. everything I've done in, in the military, um, I've done it a couple steps ahead of my pay grade. Um, when I was recruiting, mm-hmm. you know, I was a specialist doing the job of an E7. Mm-hmm. And then now as a liaison, you know, um, I, so I just got promoted. Uh, Congratulations. So that's, thank you. That's, it's nice. It's, it's been a long time coming. But uh, yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing stuff at like the EA almost E9 level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm consistently talking with uh, company commanders, you know, O3s, lieutenant colonels, all kinds of stuff, advising them yeah. like, hey, um, you know, this service member needs this, or you know, hey, yeah. uh, this is how we should do this, and, and it's cool. Um, yeah. And the awesome part about that too is that I've made a lot of them big wrestling fans. Because back in February uh, at the Davidson Fitness Center on Fort Leonard Wood, yeah. uh, big wrestling, they brought wrestling to yeah. the Davidson Fitness Center. Yeah. And, uh, man, that was awesome. 
I was wrestling yeah. in front of a thousand something people. And then okay. when I walked out, uh, everybody started freaking out, all the trainees, because they're like, whoa, <laughs> that's my liaison. <laughs> He's on shit, and man, yeah. it's wild. And awesome. I, it, it still gets talked about today. Like, the drill yeah. sergeant be like, hey, where's your uh, where's your fur coat? <laughs> I left it to home, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about that. You know, once you started, uh, you know, getting in the ring, what what inspired you to come up with the character, the gimmick that you're doing now, the astonishing one? Okay. So... <laughs> I'll be straight honest. So when I first uh, started getting into wrestling, um, I wanted to be like the next Rob Van Dam. Like I wanted to come out with the spray uh, spray painted singlets. Yeah. <laughs> I can't um, you know, I wanted to do the all the high flying, super cool moves and all that stuff. And like that's what I wanted to be. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to be a cruiserweight essentially. But when I started taking those bumps and I started learning how to do things, I started learning how things worked in the ring. I figured out quick and fast. I was like, that's not for me. Four fifties. No, thank you. I'm yeah. sure I can do one, but doesn't mean I want to do it. And, um, and that's the really cool thing about where I, you know, learned how to wrestle at because mm-hmm. not only did we get all the Harley race stories, but mm-hmm. you know, they taught us, why what we do matters, you know, Yeah. Uh, how to have longevity with our wrestling. And yeah. a great example is a guy like Superstar Steve. Uh, yeah. But Superstar Steve, if you watched him back when, you know, he was my age wrestling, when he first broke into business, he used to do a bunch of crazy stuff. But under the learning tree of Harley Race, not only mm-hmm. did his wrestling get better, but he got to tell more stories and, yeah. His longevity and his body, it's it's insane. And you yeah. look at him now, like he's got yeah. you know, he's got the beer belly and all that stuff, but he can go. <laughs> yeah. But um about a little bit before I started um uh, having practice matches and stuff like that, um, that's when I kinda started digging deep into kind of what I wanted to do. Um so in high or not in high school, but in well, I guess in high school. Just in school, I guess. Um, yeah. When I would do things, I would get called Astonishing Austin. And um, that's kind of how it clicked for me. And when I was a kid, I was yeah. used to, because uh, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. So when I'd come home, I'd have like the WWE games. I would yeah. make the character of myself. I would put Astonishing Austin Wittalo. I'd put it on my tights. I would tag team with all my favorite wrestlers. I'd do a bunch of stuff like that. So. Initially, when I first was thinking about stuff, I was like, okay, you know, I, I want to be the guy in the game. You know, that's that's what I want to be. So, yeah. you know, I had I had gear drawn out, you know, of um, – they're kind of like Buddy Murphy's, like, rip shorts or whatever he wears, stuff like that, kick mm-hmm. pads, you know, wrist gauntlets, all that kind of stuff. And, like, that's what I wanted to be. But when I ordered the gear – and this is a very important part of my career, uh, very important. Um, when I bought the gear, I got it custom-made, everything. When I came to my house, I dropped everything I was doing. I put on the gear, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, this isn't me. Like, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, so not only was I disappointed that I just blew, like, 200 something dollars on gear that I'm not going to wear, but um, – I was just kind of disappointed because I was like, well, shoot, <laughs> that's what I yeah. wanted to be. What the heck? Yeah. yeah. Um, so furthermore, um, I kind of went into a rabbit hole of like old school wrestling, essentially. I started mm-hmm. watching a bunch of World of Sport. I started watching a bunch of like Billy Robinson, uh, yeah. Johnny Saints. I started watching a bunch of Regal stuff. And then mm-hmm. I started watching uh, a bunch of stuff from Japan, too, like Jushin Thunder mm-hmm. Liger. And then my eyes got caught on one person, and that was Ravishing Rick Rude. Um, Man, man, Ravishing Rick Rude to me, like, uh, he's the perfect wrestling character. And I say Mm -hmm. that because regardless of what he does, you know, 
it could be the same gimmick. However, it can be presented as a baby face. They can be mm-hmm. presented as a heel. And they both work perfectly. Yeah. So, essentially, and this is the worst part about my wrestling career, because um, I'm I'm too nice. And people, like, I just have a baby face. So yes. Yes, you do. Everybody that <laughs> told me any time I was about to break into the business, they're like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be a baby face. You're gonna be a baby face. Yeah. And that's cool for me. You know, I like to be a baby face. But yeah. I was thinking about this as far as character wise, I'm like, huh, what if I could be like a baby face Rick Rude? So uh I kinda started thinking about stuff and then piece by piece I kinda started assembling, you know, what was my wrestling character. Mm-hmm. Um and like me in general, I like to wear like poppy colors like i like the flash colors um, yeah a lot of it's just because of like i'm half samoan so i don't look samoan but if you put like a light color or a dark color t-shirt or something on me my skin pops so yeah. uh when i started thinking about that i was starting things like okay well what if i get like some bright pink tights made right so that's where i started i started getting bright pink tights <laughs> I got white kick pads, white boots. And then um, yeah. for a while, I was rocking, like, a leather jacket with, like, a fur thing on it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. And then, well, I'll, I'll just say this. So my first year in the wrestling, so I had my first match March of last year. So okay. for a good majority of my first um, year, um, I was wrestling, but I didn't mm-hmm. really know who I was or what I was. And there's still a little bit of me that's still trying to figure stuff out and it just comes yeah. with time. But yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think it was until I got hurt last September that I kind of started piecing together what I really wanted to be. Yeah. Because in the back of my head, like I said, I was babyface recruit. But when I got hurt, I had about two months that I wasn't training. I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything. I was just trying to heal up my shoulder. So I was at home just watching tape after tape after tape. And um, when I started watching stuff, I started thinking in my head, I'm like, hmm, okay. So what if I did the same thing? However, I did it this way. Or, you know, okay, he just did an up and over and the guy sold the buckle. What if I sell a little bit differently? What if I do something else? And for me, um, that's what kind of popped because (laughs) I might get some heat, but but it's super easy. I feel like it's super easy to be different in professional wrestling in these days because everybody does the same thing. Everybody wears the same gear. Everybody kind of has a look. Not the mm-hmm. same look, but, like, they have a look to them. Um, yeah. So, for me, my main focus wasn't on, you know, who I was as a character or who I, who I was as a wrestler. It's, okay, what can I do that will set me apart and make me different? Okay. So, I uh, started looking into some stuff, and I was I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? Because I, I like the movie Zoolander. Have you ever watched Zoolander? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I love that movie. I was watching it, and I was like, wow, okay, I see these fur coats, all right. So yeah. I decided to get some fur coats. Uh, nobody does it. You don't see anybody with big fur coats. You see people with robes, but not big fur coats. So mm-hmm. that was kind of one thing. And then, you know, I started uh, getting in some gear making, and, you know, I started – making a wardrobe from myself and now I have a look right yes. like people yeah. when people see that I'm on a card you know there's a couple things that go through people's heads it's like okay is he going to be a baby face or is he going to be a heel yeah because astonishing Austin we follow the character you know if he's a baby face and a heel they're they're two vastly different things like yeah and it's awesome for people. It's awesome for me to see because I'll see a bunch of fans that go to all the different shows, different promotions. And yeah. when I come out and they're expecting, you know, the happy go lucky baby face, and then they see me just 
murdering people on the mic, they're shook. <laughs> like, yeah. it looks like I just, like, punched them or something. It's, it's brutal. And then when people expect me to be, you know, trout, uh, <laughs> I can't talk, expecting me this nasty heel, and I'm just, like, I'm getting them invested in my match with my energy and my fire. You know, mm-hmm. they go from loving to hate me to just loving me. And then mm-hmm. that's and that's the biggest that's so awesome to me. Yeah. Like that Springfield match, um yes. that was very hard for me because not only was that match it was close to home. I had so yeah. many people there that knew me. Um Colton was a guy that actually got me to go to the Harley Race Academy. Because okay. he was, I, I saw that he lived very local. He lived in Springfield. So mm-hmm. I gave him a shout and I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I'm just wanting to get some information. You know, I saw that you went to the Harley Race School and all that stuff. And a couple months later, uh, he, le- he left me on red, by the way. So there's that. So, because he thought <laughs> I was just a fan. But yeah. I went to a club in Springfield and I saw a bunch of friends that I know from school. I was like, hey, guys, what's up? And then I bump into this dude, and, like, we look at each other, and I'm like, yo, you're Colton Vaughn. Like, yeah, baby, that's me. And uh, you know, we hugged, and we took a picture, and he apologized and stuff. But that's, that's another reason why it was hard for me, because I wanted to wrestle Colton so bad. You know, I want to be yeah. taxi Colton. You know, Colton is, like, a hero in my eyes. Because mm-hmm. not only was he a small guy, he's fit, but yeah. he doesn't he does do flippy things, but like that's not all he does. Right. You know, Colton Colton can go. And yeah. not only yeah. can Colton go, it doesn't matter if you love him or hate him, you he, he will get you invested in what we're doing. And mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah. for me, that was that was kind of a hard thing because the last time I was in Springfield, I wrestled uh, Tim Rockwell, and yep. I was a baby. I was a baby face, so you know everybody loved me when I came out there and I did yeah. my thing. So yeah. this time around, not only did I have to overcome that, but I had, in a sense, I had to bring out more emotion than Colton was, yeah. or bring out more emotion than in the people than Colton was, because right. as a heel. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of what you do, you know. Like yeah. the the fans want Colton to hit a moonsault, you know. It's oh oh my gosh, they're so close, they're so close, and then no, and then <laughs> yeah. you work back towards it, and then he hits the moonsault. Yeah. But that yeah. match, uh, man, like I I was having a rough time before the match because I was getting nervous. I was like, oh man, like this is. Like, I I have to do my absolute best in this match. Yeah. Like, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. And when we went out there, um, in the first five minutes, everybody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And even prior to this, too, um, I cut a promo on Facebook for Colton. And, man, not only did I get roasted and brutalized <laughs> by all these random people that yeah. I didn't know, but, like, it got so many shares and stuff. Yeah. And it was everybody that was a Colton Vought fan that night came out with the intention to just kill me, essentially. <laughs> like, that yeah. was not um, that no. all. <laughs> it was a great match. I, like I said, that was the first time I saw you. And I was really impressed because I've seen Thank Colton you. before. He wrestled Luke Langley. Another time before there in Springfield, and they had a phenomenal match. And when I saw you out there with him, and the way you guys, you're just your chemistry together, all it was just, uh, I was like, man, this kid's got something. And so I do these podcasts, and I said, I'm going to ask him to come on, and you did, thank you. And then I started doing some research. And, uh, you know, you guys, I'll say this. I'm part of the what's called the WFI. It's the Wrestling Fans International Association. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's it's coming back. Anyways, I wrote an article, um, and you were one of the guys that I picked uh, to be on the rise. Okay. Uh, and you, Colton Vaughn, 
and a couple other people, Joe Helms, a few others, uh, females. uh, Yeah, so I was just uh, very impressed. And I will say Jason Jones runs a very well-oiled machine for an organization, in my eyes. I mean, he, when you guys are there at the show from the time those doors open until the doors shut, it's it's always professional, uh, and you're good to the fans. Even if you're a bad a heel, you you know when you're at your table and stuff, you're not rude and obnoxious and all this other stuff. Oh man, and that's what I love yeah, the most table. is that <laughs> I didn't go to your table, but I uh, but most of the other guys, you know, I mean they're a little bit, but I mean I'm saying. You're not pushing your merchandise either. And I've always told Jason that. You guys, I mean, he's, you know, you go up there and you want to take a picture, it's not $10. It's okay, I'll take a picture. You know, you're not pushing your stuff. So I look at your stuff and say, you know what, I'm going to get a T-shirt. I'm going to get a picture. Can you sign that for me? You bet. Things like that. That means a lot because some other places, they just want your money. Okay, yeah, hey, you got to take a picture of me, it's, it's 10 bucks. Uh, I was just talking about this the other day. No, I, I saw the post. I saw it. Yeah, I, I saw you. I you said I got a rant. I, I heard. I saw it. Yeah. And, uh, like, and I thought it was great because that, to me, coming from a wrestler, shows me that you have it. You have not only a passion for the business, but a respect for the fans. And I appreciate that. And you're a young man. What are you, 22 years old? Yeah, 22. 22 years old. And having that kind of maturity, I mean, that's that says something. It says your your mom raised you right, so kudos to her. And just um, and just to touch up on that, um, mm-hmm. you know, like the reason why it was just bothering me so much is because I'm seeing it in a bunch of different places that I'm going because mm-hmm. now I'm to the point where I'm kind of going on circuits, you know, in Tennessee, Illinois, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas. And I feel like each wrestling scene, you know, it's it's a little bit different from, you know, what it is in Missouri. But, yeah. like, I'll, I'll use Tennessee and Arkansas, for example. So, the wrestling, there's a lot of wrestling down there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's some that are good, there's some that are bad, but there's one thing that you can't say is you can't not find a wrestling show. Like, right. you can go down a road and near Jonesboro and there's like three different wrestling that are going on and it's not monthly it's it's weekly mm-hmm. so you know I see that and you know and the wrestling down there you know a lot of it's not that good however the fans the fans love it mm-hmm. and you know not the not sound like a, a douche but the fans <laughs> don't know better you know they they don't understand the wrestling business and that's okay yeah. that's perfectly fine but things that I don't like that I'm seeing is that I'm seeing these fans that, you know, they, they don't have the best home life. They might not have the best paying job, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's just one thing that keeps them going throughout the week. And that's wrestling on Friday night. That's wrestling on Saturday night. And not only do they devote their time and that hard earned money to the show, but when they see their favorite wrestler, you know, somebody that not only do they buy merch from shirts, anything, they support them all the way. Mm-hmm. They share their stuff on Facebook, Instagram. They go up to them and be like, hey, can I can I get a selfie with you? And there's like, yeah, sure. That'll be 20 bucks. And the sad thing is, is that I see it happen all the time and people pay the money. And mm-hmm. it's just like, that's, that's, to me, that's kind of, that's kind of disrespectful. And I say yeah. disrespectful because it doesn't matter how famous or how successful I am as a wrestler or how good of a wrestler I am. I can't do anything or go anywhere without the fans. Yeah. If I do not have the fans invested in me and what mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm not going to be successful. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're a baby face. It doesn't matter if you're a heel. You have to keep them invested. And you yeah. have to show them that you care. And yeah. investment for me, that means the world. 
Like, mm-hmm. if you take your time out of your busy day, because I have a very busy day. I have very busy weeks, months. I'm always busy. Yeah. But I will always take time. I will always make time for people. Mm-hmm. And if a fan ever does that to me mm-hmm. or for me, essentially, I'm going to give them my time. I'm yeah. going to show them that respect because, yeah. you know, they came out and they supported me. And same thing vice versa. I'll support them on whatever they need. And yeah. I don't know. I think people have just lost uh, sight of that. You know, it, mm-hmm. and to be honest, you know, they're like, they're getting greedy, but it's not even that much money, especially on independence. But yeah. that's, that's no. why you, that's why you work. That's why you build a fan base and that's why yeah. you keep going. And, and it's just people, yeah. people don't understand it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I get it, and I appreciate that what you just said because it is a lost art in that department. A couple more questions for you, my friend. Okay. One is who is besides Must See TV <laughs> one of your favorite people that you've worked with, either as an opponent in the ring or as a tag team. Ooh. Besides about C T V you can't use him. Yeah. <laughs> you already said he's one of your guys, so Yeah. Um hmm. I guess I've really got two. Um these are the two people that I've probably wrestled the most. Um Superstar Steve and then Luke yep. Langley. Um, Luke Langley. Love that guy. Yeah. And um for for two different reasons. So, Superstar Steve, uh, he he also trained me to become a professional wrestler. So, mm-hmm. when I wrestle Steve, um, it's kind of put up or shut up for me. Because um, <laughs> when I first, because he was my second match. And yeah. I remember going into my second match thinking, you know, I've got this. You know, I'm, I'm good. Like, I can, I can keep up. And yeah. when we locked up and we started wrestling, like, I... I was like, I'm not as good as what I just said I was. So <laughs> wrestling Steve makes me quite humble. But yeah. at the same time, after every time I wrestle Steve, I get better. I keep yeah. getting better. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just something magical about that for me. And mm-hmm. every time since, and I think I've wrestled him, like, five times now. Um, mm-hmm. Every single time I wrestle him, I can tell how much better I've gotten. And he can tell exactly too, and yeah. that's cool for me because, you know, being somebody that helped broke me into the business, mm-hmm. his, I, I'm not really a person that really cares what people think about me. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm still gonna do me, but mm-hmm. Steve is someone that I very weigh heavy on for, you know, advice or his opinion because he he's world renowned. Like he's been all over. He was yeah. trained by Harley Race, and yeah. you know, Steve is very knowledgeable. And yeah. I think it's very unfortunate that there's people that I share the locker rooms with that think that, one, they're better than Steve, and two, they're above his advice because they're not. <laughs> yeah. They're not. Right. Um, um, and then for Luke, Luke is a whole different kind of wrestler. Mm-hmm. Luke is somebody that – in my opinion, I'm surprised that he isn't on, you know, WWE or AEW, NWA, because he's so good. Yeah. He's the kind of wrestler that you could put on any match on any card, and it would probably be one of the best matches of the night. He yeah. can wrestle anybody, any style. He can do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Essentially, in my eyes, he's kind of like a younger version of Steve. Um, yeah. He's also so knowledgeable, too. Yeah. Um, and wrestling him, like, it's insane. The mm-hmm. first match I had with him, um, I didn't even know I was wrestling him. <laughs> so it was, um, I think it was July of 21. Um, or no, 22, my bad. It was last year. And I was supposed to wrestle somebody else. I think Dr. Eisen. But somebody didn't show up, and they switched around the card. And I was like, oh, man, am I not going to have a match tonight? And uh, Scott, the promoter of New Breed, he was like, he was egging me on. He was like, oh, yeah, no, um, 
probably not tonight, but I mean, if we need you for something, you know, um, you'll be there. I was like, okay, okay. And then he's like, just kidding. I've got a match for you tonight. I was like, oh, who is it? He's like, I'm not telling you. I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> probably about an hour before the show starts, I find out who my opponent is, and it's, it's Luke Langley. I was like, oh, that's sick. That's uh... awesome. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I felt really bad that night because I think we were like the third or second match on the card, and we just completely blew away all the other matches and like <laughs> yeah. went back. It was kind of awkward, just kind of walking through the crowd of uh, very upset people. And it's like, but I mean, we didn't we didn't even have, have a crazy match either. Like it was yeah. just minutes of him and I wrestling hold for hold, making yeah. everything make sense, and we were telling yeah. the story. Yeah. And every match that we've had since, you know, it's, yeah. and this is the cool thing too, because it hasn't necessarily been in the same promotion, but right. our story keeps going on. You know, we wrestled yeah. first in New Breed, and then we yeah. wrestled again in Mid States. Yeah. And at Mid States, it was a little weird too, because he was a heel and I was a babyface, but at Mid States, we flipped the root it. So he yeah. was the babyface and I was the, the heel. Yeah. And then, uh, back in December, he came back to New Breed Wrestling, and he beat me for the New Breed Wrestling United States Championship. And right now, him and I are on a blood feud, I like to say. And, you know, it's coming to fruition in Nixon, Missouri on the 20th when him and I right. wrestle again. But we also have Frodo the Ghost in the mix. So it's a triple threat match. Right. Uh, I'm not a big fan of triple threat matches. Um because yeah. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of you know, so me personally I, I like the moves I like big moves I like cool moves in wrestling but yeah. uh, I think storytelling is a lot better for me than big yeah. moves because me as a person I'm a very uh, like I'm a, I'm a showsman like I love to entertain you know I, yeah. lo- I love it you know I love it I love it I love it yeah. So I think for that reason, you know, that's just how Luke and I work. You know, it's, yeah. it's a story. Luke, I agree with you 100%. I did a podcast with him two or three weeks ago now. I watched that. I watched that. Yeah. And what a guy. Very humble, you know. But, you know, he is a very, to me, like you said, underrated. He should be at the other level. But that's okay, because you know what? Here's the thing. Storytelling, to me, in in the AEW, WWE, uh, NWA is not too bad, but those other two, they're, it's kind of a lost art to me. I mean, coming from my era, I'm, you know, quite a bit older than you. Uh, and, what? No. <laughs> and it uh, – to me, has kind of lost that. Now, you guys at Mid-States, New Breed, those, like I said, those WLW, World League, those organizations pride themselves on the wrestling and telling the story. And they do it. And they do it right. And that's, to me, the great thing about young guys like yourself being brought up that way correctly so if you ever do go up, if you get picked up by WWE, and they might tell you get bent, I don't know, when when you get up there and they say, hey, this is what I want to do, and they say, no, we're doing this, I don't know. They might change it. But that's what I love about the indies is that you can tell that story. Yes, there might be only 100, 200 people there, but guess what? That's 100, 200 people that you're entertaining that you're giving fans, and they're going to come back probably when you're there again. And guys like yourself, you're 22 years old, bright future ahead of you. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, speaking of which, one more question. Actually, two. Which, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but promotion-wise, where is the place you've probably – enjoyed the most working 
for? I know you've been to Newbreed. You said Mid-States, probably World League. You said you've been to Tennessee and, and, and Kansas. Where's probably one of the – I shouldn't say the best, but one of the better places that you, in your mind, these guys treat me good. I have great matches there. The payouts are good. The fans are great. I'll go back there in a second whenever I'm called upon. Hmm. So off the top of my head, um, I'd probably say mid-states. Yeah. Man, this is so hard because, like, for me, uh, I like traveling. Traveling's mm-hmm. never been an issue for me. But yeah. uh, especially, like, last year and this year. So last year, uh, I, I started late in the game in the year. Uh, my goal was by the end of last year to have 50 matches. And I got to it. Um, very last day of last year, I got to 50 matches. Um, but, you know, I was just grinding and grinding and grinding. But um, as far as, like, oh, go to, uh, man, I can't really pick one because, like. Okay. Well, you I said mid-states, like, and, and I've, enough, that's enough. where I've seen you. That's where I've seen you. I'm not. And I'm not trying to. No, I, I don't mean to put anybody on the spot, but you know, no. Mid-States <laughs> is a great organization. It truly is. I mean, from the time you walk in the door, you get the greening. The wrestlers are out there. You even go to the uh, concession stand. You know, Jason's family's running it, but I mean, oh, it, yeah. they're, they're they're friendly. You know, everybody's friendly, courteous, professional. And that's what I like. And, and all the wrestling. I will say one thing about the locker room at uh, Mid States. There's not really any egos, and that, that's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, like, good to know. See. It's, 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 it's good environment. All right. Last question. Titles. You said something about a title or the United States title from New Breed. Have you won any titles since you started? And if so, what were they? I have. So All my right. first title <laughs> Well, that sounded really cocky. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. I'm excited. So my my first title I won was the American Hostile Championship Wrestling, Mid America Championship. I won that in July of last year. And then my second one I won was the New Breed Wrestling United States Championship. Okay. And then the third one was the uh, Mid-Southern Heavyweight uh, – or the – okay. <laughs> There's a lot of abbreviations for these promotions. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, Mid-Southern Championship Wrestling in OCL, Arkansas. I won the Junior Heavyweight Championship. And then uh, – so the night that I – well, backtrack. So I wrestled Superstar Steve on a Thursday. And in our match, I completely dislocated my shoulder. So that sucked. I finished the match. And then not only did I wrestle that next Friday, but I wrestled the next Saturday as well. And then I was like, yeah, I should probably get to go check that out. So um, I lost that junior heavyweight title because I got hurt. And then um, when I came back, I won it back. And then um, – I won the United States Championship, and then, um, yeah, and then I'm on track to winning the uh, the New Breed Wrestling United States Championship again, and then, official, unofficial, but I am announcing myself for the Mid-States Wrestling Kansas Heavyweight Championship on June right. 7th in Wichita, Kansas. All right. I was going I to say, what is my my last question awesome. is, what's on the horizon for for you, Austin? What's what's uh, coming up for you here in the next month or so, as far oh, as wrestling? So probably as booked as, out pretty good. Oh yeah. So as far as wrestling goes, um, I've got a bunch of big stuff that I'm about to announce, but I am I just found out yesterday because I was looking at my schedule. I wrestle every single week throughout the summer at least twice. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So this weekend, I've got uh, SICW New Breed Wrestling, St. Louis Wrestling mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, Super Big Fan Fest, ran by Herb mm-hmm. Simmons. 
It's going yeah. to be sick. Um, I'm wrestling Superstar Steve, and then I am also in the Bruiser Brody Battle Royal. Um, awesome. So weekend after that, I am going to be Newbreed Wrestling in Nixon, Missouri, where I'm wrestling Luke Lanley and Frodo the Ghost. And then that night, I'm also going to be in Corning, Arkansas for National Wrestling Federation. The week after that, I'm going to be in uh, Sedalia, Missouri for Newbreed Wrestling. And then the week after that, and that's about a month. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the week after that, um, June 2nd is Mid-State Wrestling. And then that Saturday is World League Wrestling in Troy, Missouri. Busy man. And folks, uh, just, yes, right. Austin has a website. I will have that in the description, which is oh, an yeah. awesome website, by the way. Did you Thank do that you. all yourself? Uh, I had some help. I had some help. Okay, because I was going to say that that picture, I mean, that uh, when you first get on there, all you, you're in the ring, I think it's with Superstar Steve, I think. I can't remember now, but you're uh, in the yeah, ring I, wrestling. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, because you don't see – you usually have pictures. I've never seen the actual – so that was cool. Yeah, You've got a yeah. Facebook page. He's got a Twitter page. He's got Instagram, and I'll have that all in the description. One more time, the astonishing one, Austin Molotalo. Thank you, sir, for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. And, folks, if you see his name on the marquee or in a town where he's wrestling, get out there and see him. I'm telling you, and I'm not just saying that because he's on my show tonight. He's phen- he is astonishing. I mean, the first time I saw the guy, I I was really impressed. So, good luck and continue success with you, sir. One more time, ladies and gentlemen. Astonishing one, awesome Molotalo. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. If you're watching, folks, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. And if you haven't, please subscribe, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off a uh, building. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Frisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. 
Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Here are exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Aster, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a loss. Did you have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.